Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. Hello, Rick. Uh, Exciting week. I love the Farmers Insurance Open week, and it is going to be a big difference from what we saw last week. We go from birdie fest to big boy golf test uh, in back-to-back weeks, which I, I think is really exciting. Yeah, certainly a, a wake-up call, a dose of reality, whatever you want to call it from last week to, to this week. And uh, before we jump into that, it's it's worth noting, I've we've probably said it a million times this week, but we'll say it again, it's a Wednesday start, right? So we're, we're always in our routines. Whatever your routine is, move it up a day, which includes getting your one-and-done selections into the first cut one-and-done league. It's just It's a little bit off, Greg. We're going Wednesday to Saturday this week. Which I think is a great move. You look at what's happening uh, this Sunday with the NFL playoffs, championship Sunday, maybe the best day on the football schedule. Um, And and making this simple switch, I think, is a beautiful idea by the uh, PGA Tour, Farmers Insurance Open, whoever made that decision. I think it's a really good choice. And it puts on Saturday night, the PGA Tour on primetime TV, which is uh, and maybe just as important, the first cut podcast in our uh, in our recap episode. That that's really why they moved it to a Wednesday so to get to see the stage to the first cut uh, round fourth round recap. Episode. Yes. Well, because you don't want to take all those viewers away from the NFL. So it just it's just not right. Roger Goodell and, you know, all the owners, they got together and they said, it's too much. Uh, We're going to have to we're going to have to ask them to move up. And luckily, we were we were able to to accommodate. You're not going to have two playoff games on Monday. You know, so you don't (laughs) we don't want to put the NFL in that position. (laughs) 
there are two courses in play this week. They are both right next to each other at Torrey Pines, and they are named the North Course and the South Course. Now, Greg, the South Course is the one that probably everyone thinks of. That's the U.S. Open course. It's the Tiger, you know, making the putt on the 18th. That That's the, the one, the more difficult one, but we're going to get one round at each before a 36-hole cut. Yes, and, and that's important to note because there, there is um, a 36-hole cut this week. Last week was a 54-hole cut, and the entire weekend is played on the south course. So most of my focus is on the south course. The round at the north course is a little bit of reprieve. Uh, but it's still a very difficult test. And and I some of your proximities are maybe a little different, but ultimately the same skill set really is going to apply at, at both courses. Hopefully you can make some birdies when you do play the North course uh, and, and you can get yourself in the mix. You can kind of salvage a bad round. If you're starting on the South on Thursday, you can get back into it with a good round at the North on Friday uh, or vice versa. So you want to make your, you want to make your birdies on the North, but ultimately you're going to have to face this beast of a golf course on the South. And for that reason, I put most of my attention and stock into the South course. Yeah, Troy, if you want to share my screen, we'll look at the scorecards. We'll look at uh, my website, rickrungood.com, for some from cor- course key stats here. And the big difference that you'll notice on the scorecards, Greg, is that the South Course plays to 7,765 yards, about 500 yards longer than the North Course. Both of them are going to have that thick rough if you miss the fairway. And uh, honestly, there's, I mean, there's a lot of rain in Southern California right now. Probably going to be some wet, thick rough if you miss those fairways. And the North course used to be a lot easier than the South course. They've kind of beefed it up over the years. Now it's just a, uh, it's definitely easier, but it's not like the four shot difference that we've seen at some points in the past. Right. I mean, you see 7,200 yards, nearly 7,300 yards on the card, which is uh, plenty, plenty of test, right? You got the 16th hole is a 227 yard par three. That's a, that's a bear. The 13th is, uh, oh, well now, now we're looking at the, uh, Sorry, I switched it on you. Yeah, so we just switched it over, but that's okay. Uh, you, you have some, you have some difficult holes. So that that was obviously the 16th at the South Course, uh, but you have number 12, 203 yards. Number eight, 214 yards. Uh, number three is 241. So there's um, there's still plenty of teeth in the North Course, and ultimately both of these scorecards primarily the South course, it, it highlights one area of focus that is a rare one when it comes to PGA tour golf. And that's around the green play. The scrambling and short game are highly emphasized here. Um, and when you look back at some of these winners, mm-hmm. Max Holma last year made some big improvements around the greens, which helped him win at only 13 under Patrick Reed in 2021, won at 14 under Mark Leishman, hit three fairways in his final round uh, in 2020 and won at 15 under. You have Jason Day, Brant Snedeker, Jason Day, um, uh, Tiger Woods with some memorable short game shots around here. The winners here have a tendency of being really good around the greens. And because this is important to note because it's really important to drive the ball well. There's a big advantage to hitting the ball in the fairway. Yeah. The fairways are still very difficult to hit. So a lot of fairways may be 65% of the fairways. 
And that puts you in a position where you're going to miss greens. So if you hit 13 greens, that's a great ball striking round, but there's still five holes where you got to get up and down. So I put a lot of attention into, into short game this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And it's, it's, you know, you work your way back, right? You, when you are hitting longer shots into greens, you are more likely to miss those greens. If you are missing fairways, you're more likely to miss greens. The The fairway widths, 24, 28 yards wide in most places, thick rough, wet rough. It, yeah, it just kind of all, it's like compounding interest, right? If you get out of position on one of your shots, it is much more likely that you are going to be out of position and maybe even worse on your next shot. It's this is not a golf course where it's just easy to rectify immediately like some other courses that we see on the PGA Tour. Uh, and you could take that a step farther. Uh, putting from short range on this golf course is extremely difficult. Uh, and so even when you have someone with a really good short game, that pitch shot that may get to four and a half feet, the likelihood of missing that gets a whole lot higher. And and that's why when you look at these winning scores, again, it's important. You have 13 under, 15 under, 14 under, 15 under. It's important to remember that they play this as a par 72 during the U.S. Open, they will move that par to 71. So you can take, you can chop four shots off of those leads right there. Now you're into, you know, right around 10 under par. And then you add in around one day on the south, uh, on the north course, the much easier north course. So the point of that is it's not much different than U.S. Open kind of scoring, the U.S. Open kind of conditions during this tournament. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Um, I'm I'm excited to get down there and see what's happening, and I'm excited, Greg, to dive into the player pool with you. And we're going to do that after a quick word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up 
to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back and we're ready to jump into the player pool. This is the DraftKings pricing that we are using. And this is my website, rickrungood.com. This is the cheat sheet. There are four golfers, Greg, over $10,000. Xander Shoffley leads the way at 10-6. Patrick Cantlay at 10-5. Colin Morikawa at 10-2. And Max Homa at $10,100. I will note, because we're getting an early start, because there is one uh, fewer day to get this all figured out, we actually do have the first run of projected ownership here, Greg. So we can kind of talk about that as we go through. Yeah, very interesting and kind of nice to have. Um, you could see in that $10,000 range, there's a lot of ownership um, kind That's of across the board. It basically, it basically reads like almost every single lineup will have one of the one of the 10K guys. And probably should. I mean, I think you'll notice when we start getting down to the six and $7,000 range, more specifically the $6,000 range, there's a pretty big drop off. Uh, and so these players up here near the top are very bunched. And I, I think they're pretty deserving of those uh, of those ownership ratings. Okay. So uh, where, where would we go if, if, if we're going to get so... You know, this it's obviously very early in the week, but anywhere from twenty to twenty-nine percent on the big four at the top. Where are we allocating that most valuable portion of our salary cap? Yeah, um, so one thing you could do, and we'll talk about this in the nines. Sung JM, I think, is a really good play. That cuts your ownership nearly in half, according to these projections. That is an option. I don't think Sung Jay is far off, but the thing I like about these top four is they all have some pretty good short games. Maybe Colin Morikawa is the guy with the weakest short game in that group, uh, but he's actually my favorite play up here. Kind of against the grain in my typical model. I, I have this feeling and this idea that Colin Morikawa is playing some phenomenal golf and he does it a little bit of a different way. He can pound fairways here. He can pound greens here, even from long range. So he's not a long hitter. This is not the Bryson DeChambeau model, but he is such a good, accurate long iron player. He has great results here. I mean, he has a, a third place finish last year. He came and tied fourth in the U.S. Open uh, and tied 21st in his first start. So I, I do think Colin Morikawa, the way that he's playing right now, is a uh, real factor this week and, and my top choice amongst those top four. Yeah, it is. Um so th this is kind of the other the other way, and I'm and I'm with you here. Is where are you going to separate yourself off the tee? Are you going to do it with a lot of distance? Are you going to do it with short game? 
Colin will, uh, if everything goes well, do it by hitting a bunch of fairways and then giving him a better opportunity to hit a bunch of greens where he's not going to have to use that short game. And you're right, Greg. I mean, the recent form is, um, I mean, it's great. He's back. The the ball striking's there. The putting comes and goes, which is kind of what you would expect. And enough history around this place to say, okay, maybe that West Coast POA is not much of an issue. So I I think I'm with you here. $10,200 on Colin is probably my my starting point. And once you do that, you could put um, somebody else in the 9K range. You could even put Song JM in your um, in your lineup alongside Colin Morikawa. It pinches you down a little bit, but that is an option. So I like the flexibility that Colin Morikawa gives you, and I think he probably has the best finish um, of, of anybody else in that top four. What I also like is, um, again, I think the golf course got, I haven't seen the official numbers, but it got about an inch and a half of rain on Monday. Um, they're, they might still be getting some right now. It might be done, though, at this point. I think there's a pretty good chance this is lift clean in place at least on Thursday. And if they do it on Thursday, they have to do it on Friday, right? Because guys are going to have to play the other course on right. the same conditions. Right. So if that happens, the guys that hit fairways are a lot more valuable, a.k.a. Colin Morikawa. Guys that are great approach players are a lot more valuable, a.k.a. Colin Morikawa. Like there is a path, however narrow or wide it might be, in which like this, this is a perfect storm for him. It, it is a perfect storm. Yeah, an absolutely a perfect storm. And it, and you go to this iron play and like one of the main area, 175 to 200. I, I like to, I think that's a good kind of middle bucket. Yeah. He's fifth on the PGA tour, second in this field in, in that proximity range. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, and, and it doesn't really matter what range you go to. He's really good in all of them. Anything from 100 to 200 yards, and then farther than that, he's 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 all good. The other thing, and and I liked it where you were talking about with Sungjae. There is you can almost you know in in golf we have very few opportunities, to, if ever, to find you know correlation between golfers. Maybe it is a a weather wave, or we think something's going to come in. But this is almost like a, a skill set stack. You know, guys that are uh, likely to play out of the fairway then turn into some pretty good ball strikers. Now Sungjae is able to putt a lot better. Uh, uh, week in and week out than, than Colin is. But these two guys, I think, fit, fit a very uh, specific uh, narrative that if that narrative or if that, um, you know, that script runs at the farmers, I think that both of them are in the in the mix. The other thing that I'll add about Sungjae is if you look at um, the scrambling statistics, Sungjae M is 15th on the PGA Tour, and that puts him like seventh in this field. Mm. Um, which is also very strong. And that speaks to the results that Sungjae's had here. Sungjae finished tied fourth last year, uh, tied sixth in 2022, tied 35th at the U.S. Open. His worst finish here is his first start, uh, tied 52nd. Right. So you got a T36, T32, T35, T6, T4. He's figuring this place out. And I also, I believe his game is in pretty good shape despite a very disappointing Sunday at the American express. Very just, disappointing. It was just Sunday though. I mean, each of the first three rounds, he gained two strokes to the field. At least he went plus, yeah. two, plus two plus three and then has the minus 1.7. But you go back to the century. I mean, he has played, he has played six rounds gaining a stroke and a half or more. And then he's had two pretty ugly rounds. Now, 
easy for me to say. You clean that up and you've got a guy who's in the mix. Yeah, just don't do just don't have a bad round. Just don't just don't do that. I just I fear uh that I chose the wrong week for Sung JM in one and done. One week off, I I really have a terrible feeling about that. Uh yeah, I would too if I were you, because I think this place sets up really well for me. Yeah. Uh, kind of circling back towards the top, uh the, the top of the board here. If it is not Colin, is there another high-end golfer that you'd be willing to go to next? Yeah. Um, again, any of them. But I think we've seen more from Xander Shoffley than we have Max Homa. They would probably be my next two. I ranked them Morikawa one. I actually ranked Homa two, Xander three, Cantlay four. But I think that's just because Patrick calls Xander wet socks. Yeah, you're letting him. You're letting him just like lurk in your brain. But I I do like the price of Max Homa. Um, it, he fit, he played fine at the Century. And again, the improved short game is really important, in my opinion. Um, I also like if you go to the two two hundred to two twenty five mark, Max Homa's third on the PGA Tour, second in this field in that proximity bucket. So a really good long iron player um, can hit some fairways too. Probably not at the clip of Colin Morikawa, but if he when he gets growing and that swing starts grooving, it works. But again, his short game and putting turned around dramatically where he can still contend even when he's not hitting the ball really well. So, yeah, I I guess that's why I marked earlier today uh, Holma as my second choice. Okay, fair enough. Well, we are already kind of kicking here into the 9K range because we've already kind of started that conversation. It's Sung J.M., Ludwig, Oberg, uh, Jason Day, Tony Finau, Minwoo Lee, and Eric Cole. We talked about Sung J already, Greg. Is this... Is it Ludi time, right? Long and straight off the tee. Are we ready to rock and roll? Uh, you would think so. I would think so. Uh, it's a perfect fit. When you think of Ludwig's game, this is the golf course that comes to mind. I'm just not sure of his overall form right now. Maybe it's because the Century and the Sony didn't fit his game as well. Um, but you have a T47 and a, and a T30. But you know what the biggest problem with Ludwig is? It has nothing to do with him. It's that Jason Day is sitting two hundred dollars cheaper. Ah, you you like you like the J Day here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has nothing to do with the outfit, but you look at Jason Day's record at Tory Pines, and it doesn't really matter what his form is. It's really good. He's won here twice, obviously. He has a second back in 2014, tied seventh last year, tied third the year before that. He's near automatic in this tournament. And if you look at what he's done, not in this tournament recently, uh, he's starting to really find it with the irons uh, and maybe struggled on the greens a little bit. Tied 34th at the American Express. Gained strokes ball striking. I know only two rounds are measured. Uh, The Century tied 10th. Gained three strokes approaching the green. Three strokes around the green. Lost strokes putting. Um, 11th at the Hero World Challenge. Again, lost strokes putting. Gained strokes approach and around the green. Uh, his, His methodology is short game based. I could see an uptick in the putting performance out of him. And and I think he's hitting the ball above his 
general uh, fingerprint. And, and he's performed, he's performed here coming in on much worse form with the ball striking. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because there is a guy that we'll get to in a little bit that I, I feel the same way about where it doesn't really matter kind of what his form has been. He's, he's found a way to, to get it done here. Tony Fina is not uh, the guy that I'm thinking of, but I, I think Greg, um, and I've been pretty out on Tony for a while because he's just been hemorrhaging with the putter. He putted well in two measured rounds last week. And if you're trying to be early on Tony, which I'm still up in the air on, this is probably a good spot to try. His history is yeah. T9 last year, T2 in 2021, T6 in 2020. That's three top 10 finishes in his last four years. And he's basically a, a top 15 machine at this event. Obviously, the skill set fits. I'm really only worried about that recent form. But I I think it is worth a calculated risk to try to snag Tony before he pops off and finishes T4 somewhere, and then he's on everybody's radar. So he has, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. He's got 10 starts here yeah. at Torrey Pines, including a U.S. Open. And he, in five of them, he's gained strokes put in. Yeah. And in two of them where he lost strokes put in, he still finished top 13. So I think this is a great spot to be early on Tony Finau. It, it seems like there are a couple of players here with really sticky courts history. Like this style, long, right there in front of you, uh, challenging golf where par's a good score kind of works. And, and Finau's another guy with a pretty underrated short game, in my opinion. So I, I, I'm right there with you. I wrote down three guys for the 9K, M, Day, Finau. Oof, boy. Well, that was that was easy. We we rattled yep. through those. Um, we're gonna get another look at Min Woo Lee, finished T21 last week. We're gonna get another another look at Eric Cole, finished T21 last week. Eric Cole struggled on Sunday. Other than that, he uh played pretty well again, which is, is something he continues to do. And I mean, if we checked off the three names, do we just keep rolling? Eric Cole's an interesting guy to talk about. I, I just feel like this run, there's a point where it slows down and it's here. If if I'm wrong, so I'm going to fade Eric Cole this week. I, I don't like this golf course for him. If I'm wrong, I don't know if I can ever fade him again. <laughs> I listen, I, I tried to be like, oh, you know, Century. That's the spot that or maybe I was thinking Sony. Sony. I was thinking, oh, Sony, here's a spot that he's going to, you know, it's finally going to go off the rails. No, T13. And then honestly, outside of. Uh, his his final round, he was he was great last week. Yes, he's playing awesome golf, which should trump course history. Um, it it should in general terms, but the course fit just doesn't quite match the Finau, the Day, the M, and even some of these guys in the high eight K range. Okay, well, let's continue the conversation to that 8K range. We'll do the 8s, the 7s, the 6s, see if we can find some value and what else we can uncover. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back, Greg, and this $8,000 range starts with Keegan Bradley, Harris English, and Sahith Thagala. It goes to Sepp Straka, Hideki Matsuyama, and Nikolai Hoygaard in the middle. Then we round it out with Rose Moronk, Berger, back in action, Christian Bezadenho, off a runner-up finish, and Will Zalatoris. So, what do you want to do here in the eights? The two guys at the top uh, are very interesting to me. And I think there's a lot of question marks in this range as well. Uh, but Keegan Bradley is a great place to start. Now, coming off a crushing playoff loss at the at the Sony Open. But you look at what he does here at Torrey Pines. And it's pretty darn good. Uh, he was second last year. He has a fifth place finish here. Two years ago, tied 16th. Uh, a couple of other top 25, three other top 25s. Um, it, it's it's really, really good stuff here. And it, I think it's because it leans so heavily on the ball striking category that Keegan's excelled at. Uh, and he's in good form, tee to green right now. Uh, and he's clearly found something on the greens. So that combination screams Keegan Bradley to me. Uh, couldn't agree more. I mean, he's a long and accurate driver. This, you know, all, everything. I'll just you know reiterate everything that you said. I thought it was spot on about Keegan Bradley. He's eighty nine hundred dollars as of this moment. There's a lot of ownership in the nine K range. There's a lot of guys that are going projected to go down to the middle of this range, which is leaving Keegan Bradley sub ten percent, which is just like I'm loving that. Like let's yeah. start let's start these contests right now with that number, and I'll be thrilled. <laughs> You know, that's um, surprising. I, I also think Harris English being under 10% is an incredible value. He does it a little different way than Keegan Bradley, but it, it works here. He had the third place finish at the U.S. Open uh, in two, back in 2018, which I know is so long ago. A tied eighth finish here, uh, tied second in 2015. He's had some success. Now he has been playing better coming into these weeks than say um, Jason day, who we were talking about earlier, but right now I think we're seeing a Harris English that's playing some really good golf coming off a T 14 at the century, a T 10 at the Sony uh, performing on the greens, something that he's done very well here. And he likes a stern test. He likes a U.S. Open, even though you may not think that's his style. Uh, he tends to step up and perform really well when it's really tough. So I love I love Harris English here, too. Yeah, I know he's got the win um, at Kapalua. But when I think of Harris English, I think, OK, par is a good score. Don't give up a bogey. Make three or four birdies every single day and see where you're at. That That's what I think of. Not a guy who's going to go win a 30 under par uh, birdie fest. No. Um, and that probably comes from iron play struggling a little bit. 
even though he's, I mean, he's got a beautiful golf swing. It just, he's, he's a scrambler and scramblers do great at Torrey Pines. So there's a, a little more, probably more so than any of these other guys we've talked about with a great course history. There's a higher miscut risk for Harris. Mm. Um, but I, I think his form is good enough to kind of circumvent that. The rest of this range, um, you know, you mentioned question marks. I think there are, like you said, a lot of question marks here, whether it's Zalatoris and Berger who are fresh off injury returns, whether it's Hideki who's just kind of been, eh, as of late. I mean, there's a lot to parse through. Does anything get you excited? Yeah, well, the the next three guys under Harris are question marks to me. Thigala, I can never figure out. But go to the model of, hey, scramblers do great here, and Sahith is a scrambler. That's his. That's his mo. And surprisingly, he has a great. Re- he has a great track record here. And just three starts, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, tied twenty fifth, and then tied fourth last year. Uh, it, it could fit the mold for him. Um, now, but I never seem to get him right. Neither do I. So that's the challenge. But if I go to my philosophy, <laughs> which is scramblers. Even though it wants to pull you to ball strikers, scramblers is is the answer. He he sticks out to me. Um, also caught my attention because his ball striking has been great, and his record here also surprises me. I, I wouldn't think initially, hey, this is a great Sepstraka track, but. Uh, three out of four starts here have been top 32 finishes. He's got two top 16s, including last year. And Sepp's a much different player than he has been in any of these previous instances. So again, I don't feel really strongly, but I'm very curious. I could see him being in the mix. Um, then Hideki would be the last one. Okay. Hideki, I mean, Hideki's record here, Hideki's back to being like a very, very elite ball striker. The Sepp Straka stuff, you know, just just removing this week or last week or next week or anything like that, he's really turned into a much more consistent and a consistent yeah. good player. I mean, he used to be win eight missed cuts, T2, seven missed cuts, and now it is basically – six straight top 25s with most of them being top 15s and a well-rounded game that he's able to kind of overcome some of his weaknesses that we've seen in the past. I, I believe the the Straka tra- trajectory is just, it's just impressive. It's just uh, growth in his game and improvement. And it could come to play this week. I mean, the stats don't really show it right now, but he's been working on the short game and yet short game, when I look at his um, his recent results, is the one column that seems to be mostly red. So you know it's it's an interesting thing, but it reminds me of Max Homa. Sometimes when players are working on one area, the stats don't show the improvement. The stats are late. So maybe this is an opportunity to be. Well, it's hard to call it early on Sepp Straka, but. I guess we'll just go with it. Uh, it's an opportunity to be early on Sepp Straka. Berger and Zalatoris both made the cut last week, both finished inside the top 40. Zalatoris uh, nearly won this event, lost in a playoff to Luke List, and then finished seventh the year prior to that. Are we getting closer to being able to click his name, or are we still 
treading lightly. I'm still treading lightly. Okay. Um, you said last week you were okay with being early on Zalatoris. Yeah. Uh, I'm certainly okay with that. This week is just, this is a hard week. I, I think speed's really important. I think he's lost a little bit of speed. So I, I still have unanswered questions with him. This week could answer them. Could very well answer them. Because this is the kind of golf course, the kind of setup, the kind of test that we expect and want Will Zalatoris to really compete in. T34, this was two years ago and Will Zalatoris came in T34 at the American Express. I wouldn't bat an eye. Wouldn't bat an eye. I, I worry about... So, good news is he gained base a stroke per round in two measured rounds last week on approach. The driver is still... Still a problem. Uh, but here's the thing, Rick. Mm-hmm. He sprays it. Mm-hmm. There's a very... I'm not looking for sprayers, but there's a bigger advantage here by missing big yeah. than missing small, which was the Mark Leishman 2020 kind of campaign, right? There's an advantage in missing big because you get trampled down lies. So it worries me a little less and it, and it's still a big worry at the same time. <laughs> yeah, don't miss the don't miss the fairway by two yards. Miss it by twenty yards, and uh, that might be a little bit better. Okay, seven K range starts with Keith Mitchell, Shane Lowry, Luke List, Stephen Yeager. Middle of it is Ryan Fox, Billy Horschel, Taylor Pendrith. The bottom of the range, Gary Woodland, Mark Hubbard, Nick Hardy. Uh, before I forget, I will reveal that guy that I was referencing earlier, who always just seems to play well no matter what kind of forms he is in, and that is that's Luke List here, Greg. Obviously, a winner here a couple of years ago mentioned that playoff with um, with Will Zalatoris. But what I wanted to point out was. I was looking at this earlier, just kind of comparing what his outright odds were each week and if he outperformed them or not, right? So when you're 300 to one, like he was in 2020, and you finished T36, you've outperformed your expectation. When you he was 110 to one in 2021 and finished T10, outperformed. He was 71 to one when he won in 2022 when he was 100 to 1 last year when he finished T25. So that says that even when he's come in in sour form with not a lot of expectation, odds makers not giving him any credit, he has at least outperformed whatever that expectation is and now uh, you know, the putter I don't want to talk about Sony. I want to talk about everything but Sony. The putter has been a lot better recently. Which is a great sign. Mm-hmm. It's a great sign. So you can go to Luke List here just about any year. Um, the ball striking is still keeping up. Um, I, I so I'm I'm good. I'm cool with that. I like what I'm seeing there, and I'm hoping that Sony is a blip on the radar. Uh, so I wrote down Luke List's name. And it's because every single week he's play he's been playing uh, the first two in Hawaii. I I uh, touted him, if you will, mm. and I'm not going to back off when we go to his very best golf course. And he performed fairly well in both of them. Um, the putter let us down at Sony, no doubt about it. But I'm going to give it at least one more chance, especially here at Torrey Pines. All right, where else in this 7K range is worth investing? I'm very curious about uh, about Patrick Rogers because 
Okay, Patrick Rogers, a lot of distance. His short game has been in very good form of late, and he's a very good putter. Um, also went to Stanford, so kind of a, you know, I'd say familiar with the golf courses. And he's played a bunch here. Now, he... <laughs> He doesn't have the consistent recent for or the consistent course history of a Jason Day, uh, but he does have a T four here and a T nine here as well, and a couple of missed cuts. It's kind of been up and down, boom or bust, but has shown the ability to to pop. So I like that upside at this price. He could be a guy to kind of differentiate your lineup, if you will. I, I'll I'll have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he's a great POA putter, which makes sense. Kind of wet, a lot of West Coast experience, and I'm pretty sure if I ran the numbers, it'd be like Taylor Montgomery, Maverick McNeely, maybe Patrick Rogers. I'd have to I'd have to double check on that. But he is seventy seven hundred dollars. Uh, okay, well we did get the news a little bit earlier that Nick Dunlap has uh, withdrawn, so we don't have to worry about trying to to figure that out. He was seventy six hundred dollars. He is now out of this field. Anywhere else in this range that we can feel comfortable about uh, building our lineups out? Um, we go back to Akshay. Okay. Akshay missed the cut at the American Express. He shot 7167. Uh, Actually, I think it was 706767. He shot 12 under, missed the cut by one. <laughs> he has been great off the tee. Uh, he, I still think the putter is going in the right direction. And the performance has been very steady and very consistent. So I go right back to Akshay. Um, and I probably put him ahead of Patrick Rogers. What's the ownership look like for, for those guys? Question. So Patrick Rogers projecting 7.2%. Akshay 4.05. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I put Akshay ahead of Patrick Rogers. Kind of looking down, the bottom of this range kind of feels like a lot of like that. Like, okay, we're going to go back to Akshay. He's had a good run, and then, you know, he didn't do enough to get me get me off of him. I feel that way about Taylor Pendrith, right, who, who misses the cut at the American Express, who's been playing great, has good enough history here. Davis Thompson, someone that I just kind of believe in. Even yep. Even going back to Sam Ryder, who's got some good history here uh, in two of the last three years, he's got top 10 finishes. So that that's what I kind of get out of the bottom of the 7K range. It's just like, uh, you know, let's give this guy one more go. Yeah, give it a try. Right. I kind of I kind of feel the same way. Um, I had uh, Sam Ryder, Davis Thompson on my list. One guy you didn't mention was Taylor Moore. OK, now Taylor Moore. We've only seen him once this season at the Century. He finished T twenty five, kind of a you know un- uninspiring but not bad performance. I mean that's just ahead of middle of the pack, right? So kind of blah. But I feel like Taylor Moore is a it, 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 that's the name that jumped out at me as being underpriced. It feels like his potential. He has a T11 here, a, a T11 and a missed cut and two starts. It feels like his game could really play well, played nicely at a Torrey Pines, and it, it feels like his price is too low. Mm. Sixes? Sixes. The top end of the 6K range, Carl Yuan. Grayson Sig, Lee Hodges, Mav McNeely, who I mentioned earlier. The middle of the 6K range, Joe Highsmith, Justin Lauer, Nate Lashley, 
The bottom includes Michael Block, Tyson Alexander, Tom Whitney, and Pearson Cootie. All right. Uh, if we're spending up, Greg, do we have to go to this range? And if we do, who do we like? I, I think you do. You could probably get away with some of the guys up near the top where there are two guys at 6,900 that I really like. One, Grayson Sig. Uh, played, he stepped up nicely for me last week with a T17 at the American Express. Uh, I really like what he's done, T to green. Uh, and he bounced back, like we talked about, he bounced back with a better putter performance. So I like Grayson Sig. Um, the other guy who I feel anytime we get a golf course where long irons are highlighted and emphasized, Will Gordon's name <laughs> comes up. And I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it again. Look what Will Gordon's done on the greens. I mean, you're talking about six consecutive measured events where Will Gordon's gained strokes putting. That's actually quite jarring. Yeah. And and two non-measured events, he finished. This is when we were talking about him during the fall. He finished T21 and T15. Um, the iron play looks pretty bad, but... Again, you go into these um, into these proximity buckets, and you start looking at the. I think where was he one in one seventy five to two hundred? Your boy Taylor Pendrith's first one seventy five to two hundred. Will Gordon is third in this field. So I, I um, I'm I'm a big fan of that, and I think it gives you great value in the six K range. The other one that's kind of just like uh, similar is is Joseph Bramlett is is kind of like a one trick pony, and the one trick works out really well at Farmers, and he's had good success here. Again, kind of no matter what that form is, he's finished 13th. He made the cut in 2022, T67, and then T18 in 2021. So he's made the cut here four straight years, and it's really just that um, the ability to to extract yourself from you know, thick, rough, this week might be wet, thick, rough, uh, and, and give yourself a way to separate in, in that perspective. But, um, he's $6,800. I'm not super stoked about it, but somebody who tends to play well. Yeah. A little high for a guy you're, um, leaning solely on course history, course fit. Um, but I understand it. I, I, so I can't fault you there. Rick, how about a little val? How about a one piece of uh, value? I'm talking way down, way down. Keep going. How far? I got is 62. <laughs> There's one guy I'm very curious about. Are you a Are you a Snedeker guy? No. Okay. Are you a? Um, oh, there's. This is actually kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Who is it? Uh, Rico Hoey. I knew it was. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um, he's made one cut on, on the PGA Tour. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Went to University of Southern California. Um, played some really good golf last week early on. And I'm wondering if this is... You know, a little inspiration maybe from Nick Dunlap. I know he's a lot older, but a rookie on the PGA Tour. Um, maybe this is a, a good first spot for him. I don't know if he plays out of TPC Summerlin, but I know that he plays over there a bit. And the guys that play with him, 
think that he is just unreal, uh, especially with yeah. the driver. He is just a, an absolute crusher. Um, and you see that kind of already in his metrics, at least the numbers that we do have. You know, he's gaining a stroke, uh, you know, each event off the tee. But uh, I, I was very surprised to learn that after getting off to that hot start, he missed the cut. Yeah. But again, he missed the cut and gained strokes total. Yes, he did. You know, so it it's easy. We talk about it every year at the American Express. It's easy to miss the cut. So that I don't know exactly what he shot, but I think that's a 12 under. That's a 12 under miss cut. Yeah, I think it's got to be because he gained strokes to the field. The number was 13. So, yeah, I think it's got to be 12. Um, so that doesn't mean you're playing bad golf. It, it's disappointing after that hot start. He shot what eight under in the first round, nine under, something like that. Yeah. And then it, it gets stale and you're going home, you know? So look, he's 6,200. He, and I, I think I'd be willing to take an absolute flyer on him, especially if I was going to load up with the M's, Finau's days, uh, and someone in the, in the 10 K range, if I was going to go that route, I might take a flyer on Rico Hoey. Mm. Okay. I think we're going to, I think we're going to put a pin in it there, Greg. This is, uh, you know, usually we go a couple minutes longer, but this, this is a tournament that starts in less than 48 hours. So I think we should probably just roll with it and get this out there for the people. But, um, the, uh, as expected, the North course is going to play, uh, or what we expect is that the North course is going to play a little bit easier. The South course is going to play more difficult. And then I, I think that you are correct in kind of uh, doing a lot of your analysis on the South course, considering it's going to take up 75% of the rounds. Yeah. Yeah. You can almost rule out the North entirely. Just figure if it's going to work on the South, it's probably going to work a little better on the North. Um, and that's probably your best bet as you tackle the rest of your homework. All right. Well, get to work, kids, because uh, homework is due early this week. We will be back Tuesday for a mega preview pod, like always. And then a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, round by round recaps for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. Big thanks to producer Troy, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme is available at The Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.